Get ready to step into scripture with Tina. Hey everyone, my name is Tina Wilson and I'm a pastor's wife and a mom of seven. And alongside my husband, Matt, I have committed my life to King Jesus as a Bible teacher, an author, a church planter, and just an advocate for all-in family ministry. I'm absolutely passionate about making Christ and his church famous. And I wanna welcome you to this new podcast called Step Into Scripture with Tina. So the purpose of this podcast is basically just to point people to King Jesus. And we're going to do that a number of ways, but we want to really start out by leaning into establishing a firm foundation. Because if everything that we are teaching is not built on the firm foundation of the whole Word of God, then really we're building from a shaky start. So we want to dedicate this first season of the podcast to talking to you about reading the entire Bible, the whole Word of God from start to finish. This is something I'm very passionate about. And I've asked my friend Stacy Vines to join me for this first season because I know she's passionate about it too. Reading the Bible all the way through is something she and I have done together a number of times now. So Stacy, if you want to kick us off just by introducing yourself and sharing your experience with reading the entire Word of God. Yeah. So first, thank you so much for letting me step into scripture with you, Tina. We've been walking through scripture for a number of years now, specifically reading the Bible from start to finish, and it has been an absolute blessing in my life. Um, like she said, my name is Stacy Vines. We share many of the same passions. I'm a mom of four, Bible teacher, church planter alongside my husband. Uh, we are business owners and founders of nonprofits in our community. Um, reading the Bible from start to finish has been an incredible marker in my life. Milestones, seasons of my life literally marked out by Bible plans that I have participated in here alongside our church family. And so I'm excited to step into scripture and be a part of the series with you as we tackle the the objections of why we should or should not read the Bible from start to finish. Yeah, I really appreciate you being here. I'm so excited we get to do this together. Me too. So to kind of set us up for the first season, the introductory season of this podcast, here's what we did. Stacy and I polled a group of women from our church, a group that numbers about 800 women. Yep. And we just asked them this question, what objection have you heard or maybe even used as to why you should not read the Bible all the way through? Because I think that's often viewed as like maybe an overwhelming right. task and people come up with reasons that that's not the right path. Um, and I was kind of expecting that we would get a few answers, just different versions of kind of the same things right. that I've already heard several times. Um, but actually, we got dozens of different responses to why women were thinking or hearing that it was not really a good method of Bible study to just read the whole Bible start to finish. Mm -hmm. So Stacy, what was your first reaction to just the volume of responses that we got to this this poll? Well, I was encouraged first that there was that much engagement in our women's group. I was sure. really happy about that. Um, I was encouraged that they had very personal reasons why, um, which made me feel like, hey, at least they're contemplating their own reasons as to why or why not. They're reading scripture through and through. And so I thought, okay, there's some, we can work with this. Yeah. But I was also um, surprised by the number of responses and the varied reasons as to why. So it was, it was, um, it was a good challenge for us to kind of put them all into a couple of categories to discuss here together. Um, but I was encouraged by the level of engagement, but I was also a little surprised by the, the, the range of reasons 
that there were that that women objected or yeah. what they had heard or used in the past to object. But I was also encouraged by the number of reasons they a number of ways they had overcome those being alongside ecclesia and reading the bible start to finish breaking down their own objection yeah so i was all around it was encouraging for a number of reasons yeah for sure yeah so as a church um stacy and i are part of the same church a church that has kind of uh been a planting journey that we've been on for eight years now. It started as Bible studies that were meeting in both of our homes, and God just developed it into um, what's become one of the fastest growing churches in the country. So it's been just a crazy faith journey. And one of the things that we do in our church is every single year, Mm -hmm. we read the entire Bible all the way through. We've done this several different ways Mm -hmm. in 180 days and 365 days. We got really wild one time and did it in 90 days. don't necessarily recommend that but this is just a a spiritual discipline that we're pretty committed to it's not mandatory like the sermon series aren't always based around it but it's just something that as church leaders we support and we encourage people to do and so because that is just part of the natural flow of our church I was surprised too by the number of Mm -hmm. responses because what it told me is that the women of our church who are engaging in this, in reading the whole Bible, are actually having to get through a lot of noise to do it, a lot of objections that they've heard or that are in their own minds. And so I'm, like you, really thankful that they are overcoming those hurdles Mm -hmm. and actually engaging because several women are. Yeah, absolutely. But what we want to do with the first season of this podcast is we want to take on these objections because if... If this group of women are hearing them, then I'm sure lots of people are hearing these objections. They're feeling these objections. And so we want to just address them, but not just address them like why we don't think they're valid. We want to address them from scripture and show why biblically they're not valid. And so that's how we're going to take on the first season of this podcast. It's going to be called Read the Whole Bible, Why or Why Not? And the first objection that we want to take on today is that to read the entire Bible all the way through seems like an impossible feat. Um, And not just to read it, but to actually understand it. Women are saying, like, how how could someone actually do that? Yeah. How could they read the whole thing and get what it means? Right. I think that it that kind of displays the wrong objection or the wrong objective um, when approaching reading the Bible in its entirety. Like, we're going to approach a holy God with a humble heart, but we have to also have a humble mind. It's so we're not going to understand every single piece in our first read through or our second read through or our fifth read through. It does get easier, but we're lifelong learners. Yes. Um, so that's kind of been my my approach back to that objection. Approach a holy God with a humbled mind. Yes. Um, ready to learn whatever He will present. Yes. And just an open-ended commitment to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So we we think that this is a legitimate concern. Sure. It is. It is it is a big task. But it's not a legitimate excuse. Sure. And absolutely. so I want to differentiate between those two things. Yeah. It's a it's a concern, but it's not a real excuse that should keep us from doing it. And and I'm not just thinking that, but I want to show you today where the Bible actually says that. Right. So if you have sat in this place of thinking, I'm not going to take on reading the entire Bible 
all the way through because there's just no way that I can do that and actually understand it. I want to show you why biblically that just doesn't hold water. So to do that, would you go with us to the book of Acts and we're going to read from Acts chapter 8 and then we're going to unpack this scripture just a little bit. So we are going to Acts chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 26. This is the account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. So I'll just read this and then we'll talk about it. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. So let's just pause right there and look at, at what we've seen so far. Here you have this this Ethiopian mm -hmm. who is traveling from Jerusalem where he's been there to worship. He's probably a proselyte, a convert to Judaism, and he doesn't have the New Testament scriptures because those are actually what are being written down as right. this account is playing out. It's going to be put in the book of Acts, but he has the Old Testament scriptures, specifically the prophet Isaiah, which for us mm -hmm. is sometimes a challenging book even today right and we do have the new testament but he's trying to read the book of isaiah without the new testament that mm -hmm. really reveals all the things that are hidden or shadowed in that book and we don't know that he even has any context prior to isaiah's writings. right right because he's not a jew right so he's he's not grown up in this culture in the, the religious traditions that surround the book of isaiah the scroll of isaiah mm -hmm. And yet he's reading it, even though he doesn't understand what it means. Because let's just back up there. Philip runs up to the chariot and says, do you understand what you are reading? And his response is, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? And so he invites Philip into the chariot to have a Bible study with him. So just right there, mm -hmm. if someone would have an excuse, mm -hmm. a valid excuse of, how can I read it and understand it? It would be this it guy. Would be him. Right. But he doesn't do that. He admits, just like you said, postures himself with that humble heart before God. No, I don't understand it. Right. I need someone to explain it to me. But just keep in mind, the guy who was going to give the explanation wasn't there when he started reading. That's the point I was going to make, too. He was already reading it. Yes. And already on his own, jumping into it without an understanding just to have because he had it it was that valuable to him yes to read it on his own all alone while he was traveling and then the spirit said to to him to go and go into this chariot and then he like you said he came in and had bible study with him but already on his own he was making that commitment god i don't know what what this is but right. i'm gonna read it anyway right right he knew that it was pleasing to god that he was engaged mm -hmm. in the scriptures. And so he's just doing that anyway. So let's keep going. He reads this passage from, uh, from Isaiah. Mm -hmm. 
And then it says in verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So direct question. I don't understand what this means. Yeah. Can you explain this to me? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my, my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. So powerful account here of, again, someone who is not a Jew, is not raised in this tradition. So I want you to consider maybe maybe you're someone who has considered diving into the whole yeah. word of God, but you're going, I wasn't raised in that tradition. Mm -hmm. I wasn't raised in the church. I don't have the background or the, the basis of knowledge to even start reading. We don't have any reason to think that the Ethiopian eunuch did either. And yet he still jumps in. Yeah. And he still starts reading. Yeah. You could totally parallel yourself with that person who says, I don't, I've never read anything in the Bible. I don't even know where to begin. But just like how, you know, God gave the Ethiopian eunuch access to the scripture, we have access. We don't yes. know how he got that scroll yes. um, because then scripture was read aloud in a group setting. So we don't know how he got that scroll, but God gave him access to it the same way that he gives us access to our entire family album of the Bible. He gave him Philip. Uh, for the understanding of the things that he read, just like he gives us, according to Ephesians 4, teachers, preachers, and other resources like this podcast and many others in order to understand what we are reading. And then he even gives him the water for his baptism. Yes. In the most unlikely circumstance, situation, or season of life, you still have all the resources you need except the initiative. That has to come from you, the, the humble mind that says, I don't know, but I'm going to read it anyway. Right, yeah, and, and an unlikely circumstance. Just to back up to the beginning of this account we read, they're on a desert road. That's right. In case you missed this. That's the right. Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, and that's where he meets this Ethiopian official. So he gives him the water mm -hmm. for his baptism on a desert road, and not a little bit of water because, again, let me go back to uh, verse 38. They went down into yes. the water. This man is immersed into Christ in the desert because God provides not only the person to help him understand the scripture, but the person to take him all the way, right. to take him to the water and, and help him find new life in Christ by explaining this fulfillment of the prophecy he's written, reading in Isaiah, a prophecy that um that was cryptic right because this was a mystery mm -hmm. without the new testament you know the old testament uh there are so many prophecies that just build up where there's a promise of restoration there's a redeemer coming there's mm -hmm. salvation coming there's freedom coming and then the old testament ends with the book of malachi and everything just goes dark Silent. yeah and these prophecies are unfulfilled mm -hmm. and people are left to wonder when will he come? Right. Who is it? When? Yeah. How? Yeah. They know from the prophecies that there is a coming king. He's coming. Yeah. And these are the things that are going to happen. But when is this going to happen? How will I know who this is? And here, and again, 
all of these questions that I don't know, I don't know, but still waiting and still longing. And just like the Ethiopian, um, in your your um, episode notes, you point out, he's not even qualified to be right. in the, the synagogue, to be a part of this community according to the Old Testament laws. Right. And still here, he's, you know, I, I, in a parallel to someone today, I would think of it as someone who's leaving a totally different religion, right? Yeah. Who's walking away from total atheism or a completely different uh, belief system altogether and coming into Christianity and feeling like a total outsider. Yeah. Um, but still having access in the same way that the Ethiopian had it. Yeah. So I'll share that verse with you. What Stacy's talking about, Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, mm -hmm. in the law of Moses, we read this, no one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting may enter the assembly of the Lord. So this man, by definition, right. has been emasculated. He's a eunuch. So think of that. He has gone to worship in Jerusalem, and he's not even allowed to worship in right. the general assembly mm -hmm. because of this, this emasculation that has occurred in his life because of his position in life as an Ethiopian eunuch. And that's not an excuse for him that's either. Right. And I know this episode is specifically about an objection to reading the Bible, but I think that that may be uh, an objection that we should just take note of, mm -hmm. of I don't want to go fellowship with the church. The seeking in general. Yes. Because back then he would have only been allowed in, in a certain actual physical space close right. to the synagogue. And now, you know, there is literally no barrier and yeah. there's no reason. There's nothing that you have done um, or anything about you that would prevent you from coming and hearing and having access to all of these same truths. And another thing that I think is super interesting about this that, I, that highlights the point of it not being a legitimate objection that you can't understand it. He only, he was only reading a short excerpt. Yeah. But it was directly pointing to Jesus. There's nothing that we will read, whether we start in Genesis or the, the gospel uh, letter from John. It doesn't matter where we start. Everything will point to Jesus. Your book lays that out beautifully, how everything as you step through the scripture always points to him. Yeah. And he, if we're looking for him, there's no objection to seek him um, and no objection to starting in scripture because everything you need to know will be explained from one resource or another because God will always reveal himself yeah. because he's literally every word is all about him. Yes, that's right. Jesus is written on every page of the Bible, yep. Old Testament and New Testament. And we'll talk more about that yes. specifically as we move forward in this podcast. But what we want you to get from this is that if this was not a legitimate excuse for this Ethiopian mm -hmm. eunuch who lacked so many of the benefits that we have today, he didn't have a New Testament. He didn't have readily right. available the revelation of the scriptures that he was reading. And we do, okay? Everything that is shadowed or cryptic or um, hidden in the Old Testament is revealed and laid out plain for us and fulfilled in the New Testament. That's right. And so we have that whole package. He didn't have it. He didn't have the ability to worship with the assembly right. that every one of us has today, I promise you, you are welcome in your right. local church. Right. If you go somewhere and don't feel welcome, try again, but you are welcome in the big C universal church of Jesus Christ. Right. And there is a local fellowship near you that is eager 
so eager for you to come. Yes, to open their arms to yeah. you. They want you there. So you have that benefit that he didn't have. Mm-hmm. But because he's still in faith, right, submitted himself to learning the word of God, God sent him who he needed mm-hmm. to help walk him through it and look at the blessing that he received right. from it. He finds new life in Jesus Christ. Yeah. The things that separated him and excluded him before, and not just the sin that needed to be washed away in baptism, sure. but the actual heritage, right. his um, his race that was a barrier to his being able to be part of this community, his uh, position as a right. eunuch that was a barrier to his being able to worship, all that is taken away mm-hmm. because he just says, I don't understand it, but I'm going to read it anyway. Well, the humility that he has, maybe not even understanding that that was having faith, but knowing where the truth comes from. I think a lot of times um, in America, we forget or in, 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 in life in general, just season to season, we forget that the truth only comes from the words that God has already spoken. And the Ethiopian eunuch understood that. He didn't know exactly what he would find from God reading the scroll, but he knew it would be the truth. And that is how we bring our minds to a space of humility that says, you're a holy God. I will come to you humbly. You will teach me what I don't know. And I'm just going to commit with an open-ended commitment to seeing it through to the end. And then I'm going to do it again. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So we are issuing a challenge to you And we're going to keep on moving through objections that um, we want to just undo to this challenge. But the challenge is this. We want to encourage you to commit to reading your whole Bible. (laughs) And maybe it's something. You can do it. Yeah. Maybe it's something you've done once already. We want to ask you to do it again, because Mm -hmm. as we're going to see as we move forward in this podcast, the truth never stops flowing as long as your Bible is still open. Yeah. That that is a fact. But we don't want to leave you just empty-handed to figure it out completely on your own because you may be sitting in the position of the Ethiopian unit going, okay, I'll read it. But where's my resource? How do I understand it? So, Stacey, share some resources that you have used because, again, this is something Stacey and I have done together many times, Mm -hmm. read the whole Bible all the way through. Uh, We're not women with post-secondary Bible degrees. (laughs) Nope. We're not seasoned theologians. Like she said, um, We're moms, we're wives, we're church planters, we are business owners. Mm -hmm. We're just women pursuing God truly. And yet his word is open to us. We can understand it. It has transformed our life. But getting into this, Stacey, what are some resources that have brought you to that place? Okay, I love this question because um, Bible tools are like my favorite things. Um, uh, So... Over the, over the over many years of women's Bible study, this objection presented itself a little differently um, than I, I don't think I can understand it. It presents itself with like um, statements of I don't know how you understand all the things that you teach us, and and I think preparing to teach the Bible is different than an independent devotion to reading the Bible, but the tools are still the same yes. and they're very accessible and they're free. Um, but first things first, a paper Bible. I'm a huge advocate for a paper Bible. Um, within your Bible, there are um, hyperlinks that will 
connect you to and from the Old and New Testament from book to book, chapter to chapter, where you can see themes and movements all throughout Scripture of consistency. Um, I definitely remember the very first time I ever read the Bible from start to finish and being blown away by the consistency of God and being able to see, wait, he's been doing the same thing for thousands of years and it has always been to be in fellowship with what he created that changed my life and the tools that I used were cross-referencing a Bible dictionary many Bibles have a Bible dictionary in the back of them Um, a new tool that I've used over the last couple of years is the Bible project yes Um, they have an incredible resource but this tool this specific tool step into scripture uh, this book will be a guide day by day to show you and do a lot of that footwork for you to tie these Old Testament truths to New Testament revelation or even New Testament revelation that can be somewhat, you don't understand the power of what was said, even though it seems like in the book, everybody just freaked out because of something Jesus said. Tina does a very good job of pointing you back um, to understand actually what they would have understood Jesus to say. Um, It really brings the Bible to life uh, and, and, bring, and it sort of wakes you up to the, the value and the vastness of the scripture, how holy it actually is. So I would definitely say a paper Bible. Um, find the translation um, that you enjoy. We, we uh, use the NIV. I like the ESV as well. Um, the Bible Project, a Bible dictionary, hyperlinks within your Bible, so a keyword Bible. Um, we've even done a study on how to study yeah. the Bible. That was fun. Yes, absolutely. I was so encouraged by the number of women who came to that. And it was all of these things. Yeah. But the number one resource, it really is just the Bible. Right, absolutely. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, and over the years when I, anytime um, someone has come to me with questions, I've always said the same thing. And, and I always preface it as if I'm apologizing for how simple my answer is. Yeah. But it really is that you just have to read your Bible. I was talking with a young girl just the other day, and we were talking about reading the Bible, and and she was um, basically just confiding in me that she has not been reading her Bible on a regular basis. And uh, it made me realize not only do you just have to commit to do it, but you also have to forgive yourself for when you have not stayed faithful to it and move forward. Yeah, That's a huge tool. Forgive yourself for falling off. Be humble. Humble your mind and get into your Bible. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree with that. The Bible, that is the number one source, yeah. which I w- that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier, that whatever is is foreshadowed, whatever is hidden, concealed in the Old Testament, you will find it revealed in the New Testament. Yeah. So when you come to something in the Old Testament that you struggle with, you look for it in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But to speak to what Stacy was mentioning, step into scripture. This is a book that I'll have coming out. The tentative release date right now is May the 19th. And what I've done in this book is tried to assist you with that by front loading a lot of those connections. Yeah. So um, I always use uh, a Catholic friend of mine as an example. He kind of inspired the need for this book. He came to Christ at our church He was raised in the Catholic Church. He had never really read the Bible for himself. He was also a restaurant owner. 
And so he comes to Christ and he wants to start reading the Bible, wants to just start at the beginning. So he does it. He gets a few chapters in and he calls my husband, who is his pastor, and he says, oh, my goodness, we're not supposed to be eating meat. I'm going to have to stop serving meat in my restaurant. And my husband goes, no, no, it's okay. Keep reading. That's going to change. So, you know, I thought, wow. I, I see that now mm-hmm. that if you're just reading for the very first time, you're going to come on to some things that you're may gonna get to day 30 and say, oh, I need to know what I'm going to read on day 175. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're going to need some of those connections front loaded for you mm-hmm. uh, so that you don't get completely, you don't start overhauling your life based on something yes. in the old covenant that is not binding for you today. So in my book, Step Into Scripture, it will help with a lot of those connections on the front end when you're coming to something that's challenging in the Old Testament, that me- that's meaning seems hidden. Right. I will go ahead and give you sort of the New Testament revelation for that because that's challenging mm-hmm. for the first or second or even fifth time Bible Absolutely. reader. And, and it still challenges me today. Every yeah. time I read the Word of God, I still find a new connection, a new revelation, a mm-hmm. new fulfillment, a new picture of Christ that I missed the last time. Absolutely. I was reading uh, the first chapter of Jeremiah last night. How many times have we read this, yeah. this book? And just all over again, it, it hit me in a totally new way that how many times he says that the word of of the Lord came to me. And I'm thinking, here we are talking about stepping into scripture and the word of the Lord comes to us yes accessible readily available there are resources that bring it into full scope so we can see the reality that's being spoken about on each page because the word comes to us yes so it doesn't matter how many times you've read it or how many degrees you have or how many you don't have it's still worth your your commitment right so the answer to this objection is you know what you're right (laughs) you're not going to read it and understand the whole thing point But you should still read the whole thing with a humble heart, trusting that God is not only going to give you the tools and the people around you to help you understand it, but he's also going to completely change your life through it, just like he did for the Ethiopian eunuch. And what you don't understand this time, you'll understand a little bit more of the next time. Because like you said, Stacey, lifelong learners. Yeah, absolutely. This is a journey that we are on until we pass on or the Lord returns. And I pray it soon. I do too. <laughs> that he returns. Yes, absolutely. That he returns. We both have a lot of children well, I left to raise. I'm to scripture a little longer with you yes. before then. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for episode one. We're going to come back with episode two with another objection uh, that you may have heard or maybe even used about why you don't need to read the whole Bible. And we're going to take it apart with scripture because we believe you do, you need to, and it's going to absolutely change your life. So we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us. See you.